according to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oils with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamp is going out. But the wise replied, No, there will, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourself. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet, and the doors were shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came along, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. It's a busy time of the year. Even, even leading up to worship today, the baptism at the other church, we have Veterans Day yesterday, upcoming hunting season. Anybody forget about that? Being away for the next couple Sundays brings more things for me to prepare. It's not just me, is it? Are any of you preparing for the things to come? Maybe there's meals to get ready for hunting? All that needs to be done before people start gathering, Thanksgiving. Some of you may be taking vacations, and there's a lot to prepare for that. Sorry to remind you that Christmas is going to be here before we know it. But before I or any of you can truly accomplish anything, I need to put my tasks within a context. I mean, that's why we're recognizing the vets today, right? Because yesterday was Veterans Day. That's why we have, we'll have a blessing of the hunters that I forgot to put down. I'll find that now and then. Because it would be silly to do the blessing of the hunters in April. As I look ahead to being away, one has to consider the context of what is to come. So if I go up to the shores of Lake Superior with a plan of maybe running around doing some shopping, not much, or just hanging around at my friend's house, I prepare one way. If I'm going to Florida for a week on the beach, I'm probably not going to pack the same things that I pack if I'm going to the UP. And if I go hang out with my friends in Vegas for my vacation, that's a whole 
cannot be ignored. These texts are happening on the verge of Holy Week. In 32 verses after what you just heard, there is the plot to kill Jesus. Darkness is about to come. I mean, we've already had some darkness in the Gospels, but eh, now it's going to get really dark. And today we get a story or an example that includes lamps and running out of light. Light is important to us. I mean, how many people have been grumbling since the time change about how early it's getting dark? We usually don't say, yeah, it's really nice to have those light, uh, moments of light when we drink our coffee in the morning. We grow up learning that darkness is a bad thing. We surround ourselves with light in the hope that it will protect us. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world, if you haven't noticed. There's a lot of darkness. I mean, how can you not notice it? I mean, sure, we could keep our eyes closed, or we could look in the other direction. We could say, oh, pastor, just be positive. Things will, will be a lot better. I mean, that's a great idea. Thanks. Doesn't change the fact that many of us know of a young lady who is living in Gaza right now. It's really hard to look away from that story with that knowledge. It doesn't change the fact that people close to us are struggling with cancer or the effects of a stroke or dementia. We can't close our eyes or look away from that. It doesn't change the fact that we grieve and that light is hard to find. I would love to stand up here and encourage us all to just be positive and the world would be so much better. And I wish that that simple. I'm waiting for the day when I can do that. Darkness can be scary. Please know if I say anything that they can make it sound like, like I'm making the darkness in our lives not a big deal, I don't need to do that. Because war is dark, and cancer is dark, and dementia is dark, and depression is dark, and death is dark. Period. So, one of my favorite authors, I've said it already, Barbara Brown Taylor, has a book that I turn to a lot in many situations, and it's called Learning to Walk in the Dark. Which she helps the readers look differently at darkness. A romantic candlelit dinner. You know, it's not really the same when all the lights are on. And you can't see the northern lights during the brightness of the day, can you? Barbara Brown Taylor would say, during the day it is hard to remember that all the stars are out there all the time, even when I'm too blinded by the sun to see them. But that darkness is connected with God, and what God creates is good. 
Evil is a very different darkness. We have times when we're thrown into darkness of pain and disease and hatred and so much more. We begin to feel like we are all alone and that God is nowhere around us because, well, if God were here, and we cry out for light and struggle to see even a hope of light. It's so easy to remove God from the dark situations that God couldn't possibly be in the midst of a cancer treatment, that God is far away from gun violence, that God couldn't possibly be in the midst of depression and mourning. It's actually quite the opposite than that. With all of that jumbled thoughts, let's move back to our text. Oh yeah, I didn't forget about that. Our text today can really be used to scare people and judge people. I've heard it done before. It can be used to explain why some people seem to be in darkness more than others. The bridesmaids need to be ready, and they are judged when they aren't. That you and I may not be the bridesmaids. Or maybe we are. Which is confusing. This conversation that Jesus has is with the disciples, not the crowds that have gathered. This conversation isn't to those who were discovered 21 chapters ago in Matthew or what time. These aren't the same people that came together three years ago. These people have been following Jesus for three years. Soon and very soon, they will need to step up and start leading the church. They need their lamps ready as they are about to enter a dark world where Jesus will not be physically there to lead them. Jesus has been preparing them, and now it's go time. They will experience darkness, but they will also be in a different position. This is not directed at the people who are in the throes of darkness, of physical or emotional or spiritual pain. This is for the leaders. It's for the church. And they need to share the good news about the true light who has come into the world and whose light never dies. The people of God go through darkness, and Jesus needs the disciples to know that the church cannot run from darkness, but needs to step into the darkness with the light that is needed. The church needs to be a voice for the silenced and strength for the weak. The church needs to be the love that speaks out over hate and the life that is found in death. The church needs to figure this out and it needs to figure it out soon. Which is why I say you're not the bridesmaids, but you are the bridesmaids as the church. We, as broken humans, go through darkness, and we look to the church to walk with us and encourage us 
and love us like God has promised. But as a church, we need, we must do more and be more. We don't always have our lamps ready. Darkness comes and we spend more time figuring out where the lamps are. And did anybody order any more oil? Where is it? And all the while, internally, hoping that, well, maybe somebody else over there has got their lamp ready, and they will step in. We find ourselves in different places because we experience darkness, and yet we are asked to lead in the midst of the darkness. But we need to remember we don't do this alone. God is always there with compassion and mercy. God welcomes us in while we encourage, while encouraging us to go out knowing, knowing that the darkness does not define us. But God has claimed us so that we can begin to understand that God is greater than darkness. God is greater than the pain. God is greater than the fear. Because God is God. Barbara Brown Taylor also says, even when light fades and darkness falls, as it does every single day, in every single life, God does not turn the world over to some other deity, to some other God. Here is the testimony of faith. Darkness is not dark to God. Night is as bright as the day. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God is with you before, during, through your darkness. But God is going nowhere because darkness will never defeat God. So go into the world and address the darkness with light, words of hope and forgiveness and grace. Bring hope to the hopeless. Bring love to the hated. Bring support to the lonely and guidance to the lost. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So get your lamps ready to serve. Thanks be to God. Amen.